Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the eastern border. <laughs> I've been dealing with uh, my health a bit and finishing up an article. If you go to Foreign Policy magazine, you can uh, go and click and, uh, well, experience and read all the article about, well, Dedovshin, basically. If you're a patron, then uh, the previous previous version of the article, pre-final edit, is available on the Patreon site. But yeah, well, it's been quite a lot of um, events this week. Zelensky's out trying to get the sweet talk Ukraine, doing the stuff there. And, uh, well, Vladimir Putin has managed to finally declare that he kind of wants to be the president again. And he did it Cherezhoga, which is funny because Cherezhopa is a Russian statement meaning, you know, doing through the ass. And um, he did it Cherezhoga, which is funny. Then, uh, well, apparently Navalny went missing. Medvedev wants to make targeted changes to constitution. And, oh boy, a lot of, a lot of mess. And Navalny's team, the Russian opposition team in general, they also seem to have their own plan for what's going to happen in March. Lots to talk about. But before we get on to that with all the news and everything, I would like to mention a YouTube channel, Fredo Rockwell. He's in our, he is in our Discord channel, and uh, he just had an interview with the exiled dissident Ruslan Gabasov. We, we worked... Uh, uh, we worked and kind of published and spoke about spoke about his plight and everything he's been doing. Uh, I think a few episodes ago, it was the last one, but uh, I think two episodes ago or something. Yeah, that was that was the um, the exiled dissident whose um, whose family now basically is under threat. He's being um, well, his brother is being held as a hostage to force him return to uh, return to Russia. And that's an interesting story. So if you want to, that would be very nice if you'd go to, um, if you'd go to our friend Fredo Rockwell on YouTube and check him out. Oh, and if, if you're on Discord, on our Discord as well, he's there as well and he, you know, hangs out. So that's pretty great. He has, he's also made a lot of five-minute guides about, you know, Amazonia and, and Free Belarus and Bashkaristan and all these other kind of interesting um, conflict zones, so to speak. I'm just uh, skimming through this. And I highly recommend that uh, you go and check out Fred R. Rockwell. Not sponsored, by the way. No, seriously. I just checked check out the interview and I thought that would be great to kind of help out my friends. But now, now where do we even begin? Okay, I think, I think we should begin with... Um, with Mr. Putin, because this is just a bit crazy. See, on December 8th, Vladimir Putin said that he would finally run for his fifth presidential term. While the news really didn't surprise anyone, the circumstances were, um, yeah, less expected, so, so to speak. He confirmed his candidacy at the Heroes of the Fatherland Day award ceremony after Speaker of the Parliament for the DNR, self-proclaimed DNR, obviously, Artyom Zhoga, asked him to run on behalf of the residents of the annexed territories and the military. In what the Kremlin has described as an absolutely spontaneous decision, Putin agreed. Obviously, 
well uh, put in staff had a bit of less military setting in mind obviously but uh, this looked very military because russian people are getting uh, slowly tired of the war and everything and um it's quite silly that uh, now it's done через жога as literally everyone everyone basically is just calling it that way and they're just crazy Apparently, um, a source close to United Russia's, the Putin's party's leadership, uh, found Putin's announcement at the, this, this event uh, day quite logical. Quote, The special military operation is the president's main focus, whatever anyone might try to pull him. The source added that Andrei Turchak, a senior United Russia official, might have lobbied for the military announcement scenario. According to the source, Turchik is Zhog's friend and genuinely engaged in war-related topics. So, it's all about a bit of a, a bit of a messy thing. Other sources close to Putin's administration reported to Medusa and other journalists, quote, at least he didn't announce it in standing in front of people at mosques. That's something to be thankful for. Although the signal it gives isn't the most pleasant, we'll keep on fighting. Did the president himself want to send such a clear message? Honestly, I don't know. It was more likely an impulsive, spontaneous inclination. He himself lives by, by the special military operation and thinks that Russians live by it too. Yet another source that's kind of uh, close to the administration, really. Because again, Vladimir Putin lives in, in his totally weird, separate world. I mean, he's being fed his own information. I think, you know, he's, he's kind of focusing on what's going on in the rest of the world. But on uh, the situation on the ground... Yeah, but you want, not like his sources have changed that much. He doesn't read internet. He does not read or or do or watch anything that uh, really disagrees with him. He has his 17 secret services and the people surrounding him are just yes men. And of course, you know, he, he might think that this is just um, the normal thing to do. Despite the fact that, well, uh, basically... There is inflation to such a point that um, people are, you know, standing in lines for to get eggs because apparently there's a massive deficit on eggs because people in Russia have moved from, you know, beef to pork to chicken to eggs in mass and now it's a massive issue there and their economy is in trouble. But not like really, uh, he knows that that much about that. At the same time, at the same time, Dmitry Medvedev stated that, quote, Russia will make targeted changes to the Constitution. Now, our alcoholic friend Dimon, he, he's always, you know, being a, a funny little lad. But this was a bit... I, th I think he, he really should just maybe stop, uh, I don't know, sniffing glue at this point. It's, 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 it's beyond well, what I would reasonably call using alcohol even. See, um, at a meeting with school and university students on Monday, Russian Security Council deputy and his other titles, that's a long last, said, quote, While the country does not need a new constitution, the authorities will make some changes to the current one. According uh, to him, the Russian constitution is a conservative document and any amendments to it should be made as carefully as possible. At the same time, he added, there will definitely be some targeted changes. Some further adjustments to the Constitution will undoubtedly be made, but in my, my view, it doesn't make sense to discuss a brand new Constitution in the moment. 
Now, he did not specify what kind of adjustments he was uh, referring to. However, uh, just another thing. Uh, for example, uh, Solovyov and all the other propaganda machinery of Russia, they've been going out very actively talking about restoring death penalty. Yeah, and it's just crazy. <laughs> Note that they, um, after they declared the universal LGBT movement to be an extremist terrorist organization, they have been like raiding gay clubs in throughout Russia, including Moscow, and checking people's documents. So they might include that. It's just, it's just totally weird. And, well, Russia also have been, uh, exp- begun experimenting with um, new restrictions on reproductive health care, including limits on abortion services in private clinics and bans on coercing women into having abortions uh, that, well, basically stretch through all the situation. Well, this is kind of a kind of a really hard thing. It's just that uh, again, they they want to do all the all the abortion ban, and I, I think I'll, I'll make an episode about this because unlike unlike in other European countries and. Also, in the United States, in the Soviet Union, when abortion was finally made legal, because there was a very Soviet thing, it it was used widely, especially in, in Russia, as, uh, as, again, people did not know about contraception and everything. And there was a lot of, a lot of issues with that. But we're talking uh, here, in Putin's case, in this situation, even in situations where we're, we're, we're talking about Health, uh, health issues, and rape, and and serious, you know, serious damage of, uh, and risks to the mother itself as well. Like everything is just a bit, just a bit crazy here. <laughs> Weirdly enough, you know, as as interestingly enough, uh, stated uh, the humanitarian services about this whole situation about Russia's crazy abortion bans. Well, they do not take care of their orphans or their um, disabled people, nor they allow any foreigners to adopt them, and then, you know, nor they, nor these people with severe issues, either mental or other developmental issues, yeah, abortions are also, you know, not very legal. It's kind of a, kind of a weird thing. See, again, this is a bit different than, um, I suppose, discussions on abortions and in other countries, just that in, in Putin's case, this is a total, total uh, control over the body. We spoke about control of the body uh, some time ago about you know people being conscripted. Now, now it's gone forward even, even even in this case because you can't be gay, you can't have abortions even in case of you know if, if you're being raped. At the same time. At the same time, which is noted by the mothers of, of these mobilized, yeah, literal cannibals and pe- pedophiles and, and people who murder 17-year-old girls, they get released after half a year in special military operation. And then they return. At the same time, they try to claim some sort of morality out there. <laughs> Just a bit, a bit crazy. And another thing that shows how Russia functions... 
LDPR, the Zhirinovsky's party. Zhirinovsky's dead now. Well, see, they have a... They have a um, peace foundation. The Russian Peace Foundation, which is now headed by this new LDPR leader, Leonid Slutsky, although I believe it's actually led by uh, Cyber Zhirinovsky. Yeah, they passed information about foreigners who were invited to visit Russia at the behest of uh, Slutsky's... Um, organization to the main intelligence directorate, basically old GRU. And it was all uh, pff, it was all a bit uncovered thanks to the insider. And according to insider, the first directorate of GRU is engaged in espionage abroad. Well what's um what's not to love? Apparently most powerful illegal GRU presences from all this information is in Austria, Switzerland, France, Italy, Germany and hello, Maxnert, Czech Republic. <laughs> GRU recruits actively um, in those countries. Well, they recruit and they look for politicians and all sorts of people and just do vetting and everything. And just about crazy stuff. Before the full-scale in Russian invasion of Ukraine, Slutsky, by the way, previously had arranged flights to Moscow for Marine Le Pen, leader of the National Rally Party, and paid for tours to Crimea and Syria for politicians from other European countries promoting a uh, very much pro-Kremlin agenda. Slotsky was also involved in uh, fostering close ties with politicians who support the Yellow West opposition movement in France, and, well, anything far-right ever all over the place. And now, apparently, well, he's just um, been given out information to literally everyone, including private data. Which is just a bit... Again, just a bit sad and just a bit scary that, uh, yeah, we're just moving into totalitarianism more and more. But to to end up on, on some sort of bit more positive notes. Well, for one, to make this maybe even worse, maybe maybe slightly, slightly different, um, yeah, Navalny has been missing for a week. Probably because he's been transferred between prisons, though. That was just a bit, uh, bit iffy. Where Navalny is exactly have been unknown to his lawyers and family for uh, about a week or so. He failed to appear in court via video link on December the seventh. Officials attributed his absence to an <clears throat> electrical accident at Correctional Colony Number Six outside Vladimir, where he had been held for the past several months. His lawyers were later denied a meeting with their client. On December eleventh, Navalny missed another court hearing. That same day, the facility outside Vladimir revealed that Navalny is, quote-unquote, no longer listed among its inmates. Client in the kind of the facility declined to clarify where he went. On December the 12th, Dmitry Peskov, the spokesperson for Kremlin, told reporters that the Putin administration doesn't know where Navalny is. Now, uh, I, I think we can take bets here, but, um, you know, pretty much as, as uh, unless something super tragic has happened, Navalny basically means that Navalny's disappearance basically means that he's being transferred to a high-security penal colony, Russia's supermax prisons, to serve his 19-year-old, 19-year uh, sentence handed down in August 2023 for extremism. And these, you know, transfers are dangerous, and and that prison is just uh, even brutal, even more brutal, and it's probably going to be um, a cage within a cage. Those things for lifers, or 19 years, they are very scary. However, during this transfer, I'll be following this so much because, uh, again, again, you can never know. 
might might be uh, Navalny just mysteriously discovers that he just likes to suddenly jump out of j- jump out of um, very tiny windows as well, you know, because <laughs> jumping out of windows is apparently the main thing that everyone is trying to do here. At the same time, however, besides besides Putin declaring everything, Navalny being missing everything, uh, the other opposition of Russia, you know, Khodorkovsky's and Maxim Katz and all these people, you know, the Volkov, Navalny's team and everyone, well, they uh, they presented their strategy to confront Putin in uh, the March 2024 uh, event previously known as election, which I really don't believe in, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, election is going to conclude on March 17th, and um, Navalny's team announced on Thursday their intentions to kind of sabotage Putin by revealing that it had placed multiple billboards across Russia with kind of seemingly innocuous holiday messages that in fact led to an anti-Putin website through a QR code in the ad. The billboards were taken down uh, taken down soon after officials learned about the QR codes, though, but uh, Navalny's activists said that they've decided to advocate the same strategy that favored numerous elections, urging voters to cause ballots for anyone except the favorite, expected to be Putin, obviously. At the same time, Navalny says, Team Navalny here, says the election's results will be falsified and that the act of campaigning against Putin is far more vital than voting. Navalny's team, Leonid's, Leonid Volkov here, uh, posted on Twitter about this, quote, any elections, even the fakest, are a time of doubt. People think about who is in power and why, why they're there. Navalny's team posted this in, in a tweet. They argued that Russia's, Russia's opposition must answer these doubts by giving meaning to Russia's inherently meaningless voting process. The activists directly appeal to boycott um, advocates by reasoning that anti-Putin campaigning unites both camps, regardless of the difference in the ballot strategies. Yeah, because it's always, you know, there are always two strategies. Those people who say that, you know, don't play cards with cheaters... And there are those who say, no, 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 let's try to do some smart voting and just make something happen out there. So, what do they propose? Although I personally don't even know why... I don't know why, why I really bother, because I think that only some sort of armor vault would, would do things, but... Well, they want to do this. But that's Navalny's theme, and it's their decision. And they have suggested three types of campaigning. By the way, no war is still ongoing. And it's a bit of a stalemate in winter, uh, January, February, the hardest, coldest weather is going to happen. But um, meanwhile, well, what do they what do they propose? Quote: They want to, to advertise other opposition to join Team Navalny's telephone campaign. They uh, basically <laughs> they basically want their supporters to download and print out prepared anti-Putin leaflets, stickers, and posters, and then distribute them throughout cities in Russia. And they also, you know, say to their supporters to campaign online, not just by liking and reposting campaign materials, but also sending such content to people who have, quote-unquote, yet to be converted to the opposition's cause. Apparently, while Navalny's team constantly now message on YouTube and everywhere else that uh, if you are a follower of Navalny and looking at this situation, then you must, uh, you know, send this message to 10 other people and make them join. It's kind of funny that we're that we've gone to basically back to chain letters and spam mail, except it's way more sad. Maxim Katz, however, the guy that I watch a lot and who's just 
doing uh, a bit weird things around Valdis, or Russian opposition thing, who was a bit arrogant, but I follow him as well. He kind of contrasts all this situation with um, Navalny's stuff. Maxim Katz, who has a lot of bad blood with Navalny, uh, has called on the leading political media outlets to unite behind a single campaign strategy. His uh, media-focused strategy imagines a cascading chain of op- opinion influencers campaigning against Putin. The order of operations looks something like this, where, you know, he organizes everything, and then Khodorkovsky and, and team Navalny help him out, and then there's the active opposition, opinion leaders, a b- bunch, of, bunch of stuff. Tons of chains, and he's not really good at organizing this. But, uh, yeah, of course they're not on the same page as Navalny stuff, and this is why the election is going to fail, well, so-called elections. In October 2023, for example, Maxim Katz invited Mikhail Khodorkovsky and Team Navalny leaders Maria Pevchik and Leonid Volkov to meet in London to discuss proposed campaign alliance. Khodorkovsky agreed to the talks, but Navalny's associates declined. And after Katz announced a strategy, Navalny began a large-scale survey of Russian politicians, journalists, and public figures to determine their attitudes about the upcoming race, and it was just... It was just a total total crazy nonsense out there. Because, again, they're busy hitting each other. Although, you know, Maxim Katz is one of those hyper-optimistic people who um, even sometimes, you know, wants, to, wants things to be a bit more optimistic than they actually are. Namely, he still cannot believe that, uh, you know, only some sort of armed rebellion should finally solve this whole issue. But uh, not to let you down on a sad note, uh, by the way... Ah, oh, metal plug as usual. If you like the show and, you know, want to help me deal with my health issues and, and all this stuff, please consider becoming our patron on patreon.com slash border or just clicking the the Eastern Border, the donate button in the Eastern Border LV webpage. Yeah, I'm a bit overworked and uh, lots of metal, medical stuff, as you all know. And yeah, I, I hate doing this, but uh, I was told to, you know, reserve the spot in the middle and always remember you to monetize this stuff which i hate desperately but there we go i have told you about patreon i have told you about the donations and if you have any questions please email me at theeasternwater at gmail.com or well just join our discord there are links literally everywhere but uh yeah before before i quit today i wanted to give you a nice little interview with our best buddy igor girkin See, Vaza, a news agency, they um, they sent questions to Igor Girkin and they received answers through his lawyer about everything, really. And uh, this is something that I would like to read in full. Quote, What is the status of your criminal case? How does it go? Igor Girkin responds, Now the case has been sent to court. It's based on an, an examination. I deny the very fact of the existence of any crime even happening. Your lawyer, Alexander Molohov, has repeatedly filed complaints about violations in case materials. Yes, indeed, there were a lot of complaints, but what was the point? The main violation is that competent specialists in the field of psycholinguistics were not involved in the case at investigation stage. I hope that they will be brought to justice at trial. The main evidence of the investigation is a psycholinguistic examination. I completely disagree with the charges brought against me. This examination was carried out by incompetent people. This is real bullshit. What do you think the final verdict will be? I I expect a conviction and imprisonment for an indefinite period. I really hope so as well, except just, you know, hey, but whatever. (laughs) 
In general, I view this event as an interesting precedent. After the accusation was made, there is no place on, uh, left on earth where I would be recognized as a law-abiding citizen. In the West, I have already been recognized as a terrorist, very, very well earned, uh, after the verdict of the Hague Tribunal, and in my homeland, apparently the dubious reputation of an extremist also awaits me. Why was the case opened only now? What was the reason? The trigger was the growing external and, inter, uh, and internal instability of Russia, the authorities' sense of the fragility of their position. My arrest happened, at the uh, happened a month after Prigozhin's rebellion. My greatest fear is that instead of the usual criminal punishment, I'll be amnestied in the same way as the cook. Yeah, you know, that, that would be a shame, really. I fully believe Igor Gerkin, Strelkov, deserves full procedure. You know, full, 100% procedure. None of this... Uh, None of this, you know, getting killed nonsense. No, no, no. He has to suffer through full procedure. What do you do in the pre-trial detention center? Well, there are no neighbors in the cell. Living conditions are okay-ish. Now I'm reading the history of the ancient world. In general, I mainly read historical literature, literature here. I'm a historian by training. More recently, I reread Denikin's History of the Russian Troubles. I wonder if someone should recommend, uh, you know, him maybe trying to do some Dan Carlin translations. I know that there are some... Uh, his book is definitely translated in Russian, so he could do that at least. Did any incidents occur uh, during the arrest? Nothing like that. Health problems, but everything here is according to, <laughs> to, to proper procedures. I don't complain about anything. Any pressure from the investigation? There is no pressure. Are you receiving letters? There are a few letters coming, which is bad. I suspect censorship is to blame. But what's interesting is this. Messages come even from liberals, spewing curses and making fun of, uh, fun of me. There are quite a lot of le letters of support from ordinary people. Of the famous ones, I can name the writer Yeskov, who does not share my political beliefs at all. He has liberal views. He has been a supporter of Navalny for some time. So, <laughs> that's... Uh, a lot of a lot of weird stuff here there. Oh uh, I'll be skipping the parts about Prigozhin because again this is a bit um this is a bit unnecessary and you all know if you've been following me <laughs> what he thinks about Prigozhin. AKA Prigozhin's a criminal, we all know that. Let us skip about three pages of, of pure text. And also, well, that saved some time for me translating this stuff. But um about the whole Northern Military District, Russia, and elections. <clears throat> Are you following the situation at the Special Military Operation? I have a TV. In the morning, they turn on the radio and television channels. Once a week, my wife sends me news reports from the front and quotes telegram channels that were previously interesting. I know without details what is happening on the fronts of the Northern Military District. As for my forecast, there will be no agreement and no freeze. Although some comrades dream and see that everything will miraculously resolve, that the Western partners, he puts it in air quotes, will not allow this. This war will last for a long time, and, quote-unquote, the enemy has set as its goal the gradual destruction of Russia. Although I personally have to comment here that I don't believe it's anyone's goal. It's just that uh, it's the natural result of all the situation. But now the interesting part. <clears throat> what is your assessment of what is happening? The situation has radically deteriorated. 
The country has entered a period of acute instability, as demonstrated by both the Prigozhin Rebellion and the manner in which its leaders were eliminated. And the authorities' strained attempts to demonstrate complete stability, cleaning up the air once again emphasizes the above. Once again, I would like to draw your attention to the fact that military successes in the uh, idea of repelling the autumn and summer counteroffensive of the Ukrainian armed forces do not in any way eliminate or balance the fact that the war has passed the 21st month. There is no end in, in sight to it, especially since no implementation is visible on the horizon. And th there is uh, the pathetic lamentations of the officials about their readiness for negotiations with, the, as he calls it, so-called Ukraine, are just further evidence of this. And finally, quote, you have decided to participate in the 2024 presidential elections. Why do you need this? Well, I'm of sound mind and good memory, uh, which I would doubt, but, you know, he considers it so. I really want to participate in the presidential elections if the opportunity presents itself. It won't, but, you know, still. Which is extremely unlikely. Some miracle uh, should just happen. The black swan should swim out. So I will certainly try to take part at least in order to be able to tell at least a little truth about the real state of affairs in the state, what awaits us in the future, how to avoid the impending disaster. In a pre-trial detention cell, there are few opportunities to develop an election campaign. I delegated authority to people with whom we hypothetically discussed this possibility before the arrest, Nizhny and Fedorov. I would take all measures to victoriously end the current war, since there will be no draw, and defeat is like death and will lead to a national catastrophe. This is where I agree to him about Russia, which in its scale will be an order of magnitude greater than the damage to the victims that we have already been suffered. We have long had no other way than to win complete victory, totally impossible by the way at this point, without risking collapse into turmoil. That's what's going to happen though. If there were other options, then all of them were lost long ago by the current government irrevocably. And this is the part where I totally agree with the Gorgetkin. But now, now I have to give you some answers here before we move on, before we analyze everything. You see, why would he do this? Why would he do this uh, again, reaffirming that he wants to run for the presidency? Well, he has understood how to, like I said, how to stay alive, basically. I mean, Prigozhin sort of went away, and you, you know what happened with him. He's already in prison. He can't really be killed that openly. He wants to stay alive, and the only way how to do it is to just, well, be as loud as possible, create some troubles. Right now, it would be a bit too much, and he's a bit too famous to just be murdered, because then they would... Basically, he's doing everything to, to make sure that, in case of whatever, in case he gets murdered, that he t t turns all these nationalists who are, like, actually supporting the war against Putin, and Putin doesn't want that, especially with the upcoming elections. Igor Gerken is now trying to make sure that everyone knows that he exists. And hey, if you think about it, we're kind of helping with that, him with that. So, that's something good. Because like I said, I'd rather he spent a lot, and I mean a lot of time, in the Hague. I'd be killed over there, you know. Rather he serve for crimes that he has committed. That just exists for things he hasn't. Justice is justice, after all. Even for a total piece of shit like you gotta get it. But that's it for today. And uh, yeah, after after getting better a bit and finishing my article on Foreign Policy magazine, yeah, I I hope to catch up in the second part of the month. Want to make more episodes and and all that stuff. Lots lots of things to do. But for now, well. 
please again remember to maybe support me on Patreon. And the uh, Svidanya Tvarish. As always, remember, happiness is mandatory.